Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing very well. Doing very well. That's what I'm about to say. <laughs> well done. Well Thank done. you. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, been, it's been a long week up at, uh, up, up at Hopkins Towers. Mm-hmm. Lots of work, so my brain's a bit fried. So my, I'm not sure what the temperature of my takes is going to be this week. Hopefully, okay. I can keep yeah. everyone satisfied. Well, luckily for you, we're doing something a little bit different. We're taking a walk down memory lane, and Oof, rather than recording anything new for the podcast, we're going to dig out uh, an episode we never released when we recorded it back in the day, which is our my first look of the Dunwich Legacy expansion. Amazing. This is like, it, it's it's a nightmare of a concept, this. It's like, this is the episode we would have released in 2017 if mm-hmm. we'd known what we know now Yeah, uh, about the cards that are coming out. Yeah, yeah. It's Our, our brains are kind of dripping out of yeah. our ears. I just I decided to wait until you were really exhausted <laughs> to spring and this then tried to spring this kind of time travel style episode on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, listeners might not know this, but about once a week we get an email from someone saying, we really like Drawn to the Flame, but the first looks start with Miskatonic Museum. <laughs> yeah, oh God, we can't move what, them. Yeah, what happened with that first look from the Dunwich Legacy? And now that the old release model has gone and the, the deluxe plus six Mythos packs is a thing of the past... New listeners will be listening to this going like, what are you talking about? What do you mean, Miskatonic Museum? You had a first look of a scenario? But yeah, back in the back in the mists of time, there was a model where you got a deluxe expansion with some investigators and some player cards, and then you got six packs. And for some reason, Drawn to the Flame started first looking with the first Mythos pack, Miskatonic Museum. And we never really did um, a Dunwich Legacy Deluxe expansion first look. Don't know why. I think suddenly pausing. Is it really called Dunwich Legacy? It is, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, the Dunwich Conspiracy. No, the Dunwich. Legacy. No, it is Legacy. Yeah. So we're going to look at some of the player cards from the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for players, with a view to sort of first looking them as though it was five years ago, but also returning to them. And part of that is that you and I have both got sort of interested in. The fact that we've been playing the game for five years now and there's a lot of history here. Mm-hmm. So I suppose for our more experienced listeners who've been around for a long time, join us in this walk down memory lane and let's go back and look at some of these Dunwich cards and see did they shake up the game? Did they have a massive impact on how we thought about factions? Are the cards there that have sort of you know fallen out of favour and deserve a revisit? Are there cards that people said were amazing and now don't get played? All of that is in the air, and we're going to dive in and first look. Yes. (laughs) Massive air quotes there. (laughs) First look. Guardian cards from the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for players. I I mean, I know we want to get started and start looking at the cards, but but it is interesting that people could have started with the revised core set, Mm -hmm. gone straight to uh, Edge of the Earth, Mm -hmm. and then straight to Dunwich Legacy, because that's the order they're coming out in in the new distribution method yeah so as far as those people are concerned these are brand new cards that have just come out yeah yeah absolutely what those people might not even know is that 
Dunwich was already designed by the time the core set came out back in 2016. So these cards were also designed somewhat in a vacuum that Maxine and Nate had designed the core set and then immediately started work on Dunwich. They'd been playtested more or less in the same pool. I don't think entirely, but it was all designed in this same environment behind closed doors. Players hadn't given any feedback really on cards apart from playtesters. So we were seeing as it came out, the designers kind of, I guess, hopes and dreams for what would happen with the factions. Yeah. So that's also in the air as well. You know, we've seen what Guardian get in the core set, but what did Dunwich add, change, what themes were developed, all of that kind of thing. Where better to start than, very briefly, our Guardian investigator? Yes, yes. How deep are we going to dive into it? Yeah, good question. I feel like you could talk for a long time. Maybe we just uh, point everyone to our investigator-specific episode at yeah. this point. Yeah, do, do, well, I'll tell you what then, Let, let's switch our, our hats over and say, how do you think Zoe stands up amongst Guardians? And, and she's obviously a, a, quite a fighting, dedicated character with a, mm-hmm. with a, a, a not-bad mythos defence as well. How do you think mm-hmm. she stands up today? Great question. So Thank she's 4-2-4-2, believer and hunter. After you get engaged with an enemy, gain a resource. And her elder sign is, if this skill is successful during an attack, you deal extra damage. And she's a 9-6. Yeah, yeah. I think she stands up very well. We mentioned her in a recent episode, in our Daniela episode. Because yeah. that stat line is close to Daniela. Yes, it is. I was about to say line. exactly that. Yeah, she, she Daniela is one less intellect and one more fight. <laughs> which is a <laughs> lovely place to be going from Zoe. Because Zoe's not doing any cluing, is she? No, no. I almost feel like at the time of Dunwich, bringing out a one intellect investigator would have been too much. You know, there just Mm. wouldn't have been enough ways for her to get clues. It would have been too painful. Whereas now that the game is more developed, you can maybe get away with that with Daniela. But of course, if you're one of those new players like you described, Peter, who's bought Edge of the Earth and Dunwich... You don't have all of that other clue support. Yeah. I think she stands up well, to be honest with you. I've seen her played recently at events pretty regularly. She feels like she's really solid. That's what I'd go with. She's got that decent stat line with the the four willpower and the four combat. She's got a resource ability on her card and our experience in lots of different card games. If you've got economy as a built-in ability, that can be incredibly useful. Yes. And particularly, she's got that in Guardian. Yeah. And we know that one of the ways Guardian is held back is in card draw or resource generation. Mm-hmm. Combined with relatively expensive assets you want to get down. Yeah, absolutely. So she has an ability where she gains resources for doing the thing that you'd hope your Guardian is doing, or that many Guardians like to focus on, which is... I'm going to draw the attention of enemies. I'm going to deal with them. Bring it on. Which is great. And that Elder Sign effect is just a cherry on top. If the main thing she's doing is fighting, hopefully you're taking plenty of uh, combat tests. And if that's the case, if you get lucky and pull an Elder Sign effect, you might luckily kill off an enemy quicker than you wanted to, (laughs) which is great. I think I've landed it a few times and was like, hey, that's good. I've landed it quite a few times, but... Mostly on enemies that I would have been killing anyway. Mm-hmm. The bitterest mm-hmm. pill to swallow is when you hit it, you land it on your second attack on the enemy. Yes, yeah. And you've just, or the, the attack you've put the vicious blow in to yeah. kill an enemy in one. Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> Classic. 
one fascinating thing to revisit with Zoe might be putting Relentless in Zoe, which gives you resources for overkilling enemies, in a manner of speaking. That's from Nathaniel Cho's deck. Um, She's already got this resource ability, so maybe she's not that bothered, but maybe there's like a rich Zoe build out there. And I suppose one of the questions, if you get really rich as Zoe and you've played a weapon and you don't need to play anymore, is what you do with all of those resources. Um, We might come on to that. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, should we look at our first proper card? Mm, Yes. Who wants to read read the card? Wow, look at this. Oh, wow, the art. (laughs) (laughs) What have I become? A parody of myself. This is Blackjack. It's a one-cost asset with a combat icon, item, weapon, and melee traded. Action, fight. You get plus one combat for this attack. If you perform this attack against an enemy engaged with another investigator and you fail, you deal no damage, and it takes up a hand slot. Yeah, well, I must admit this is a little bit underwhelming. (laughs) Not only because we know that there's an upgraded blackjack, which is a lot more appealing than this. Mm -hmm. I sort of feel, when when we came to this off the corset, we had Machete in the corset, Mm -hmm. and it was very hard to justify this over machete. You might put this in as your second weapon because it mm-hmm. is very cheap. It's a it's a it's a it's a combat boost, a one combat boost for one, which is quite nice, I guess. Mm-hmm. But just the inability to do any additional damage. The number of times where I've been in trouble with a fight character, with an enemy engaged with someone else in the team. Is is very small, and for this to be worth it, I think it should offer a higher combat boost. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I was going to say I could see a use as someone who's a relatively low combat value, not wanting to hit an ally. At that point, you'd want like a higher combat boost potentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because if you've got like four or five fight and using this, you're then on five or six fight, so you're yeah. going to be having to. Unless it's a very big enemy, it's got a very high fight value. You're going to be having to be pulling like really bad tokens to hit them anyway. So mm. this doesn't feel like it's giving you that much of a bonus. Yeah, yeah. And what you're describing, I think, is where I go to with it, which is the the problem it describes. It's providing a solution for that problem. What if I'm going to hit other people? But there's a much simpler solution, which is boost your fight higher. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. That engage that enemy yeah. off them. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get at, yeah. And so it's one of these cards where the thing it's describing, oh yeah, that is a point. You know, I don't like taking attacks where I accidentally hit my team. It's like, yeah, there are much simpler ways of dealing with that. Either you engage the enemy or you hit with a better weapon that hits harder or that does more damage so it, it takes fewer actions and you, you suck it up. I think at the time when this came out, We'd already worked out that Machete was an incredibly powerful weapon. And Machete, of course, needs you to be engaged with the enemy to do the damage. So the idea of then taking attacks at people not engaged with you felt so counter to what what we were doing. The other card I'd compare it to is Knife, which is also a one-cost asset that came out in the core set and has fight, you get plus one combat for this attack. Then the big difference is that Knife also comes with that discard ability to get plus two combat and deal plus one damage. Yeah. And Blackjack doesn't have that. It's just it just gives you this um sort of 
pseudo protection ability of not hurting other people. If I if I want a weapon that I'm that's cheap and is just going to give me a little boost for say dealing with you know rats or cultists or things like that, why not take knife and have the other ability at a pinch rather than blackjack? That's where I'd go with it. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. Should we move on? Uh, we have taunt. This is a one cost event. It has a willpower and a combat pip, and it has the tactic trait. Fast, play only during your turn. Engage any number of enemies at your location. You steal your nerves and shout into the darkness, Come and get me! That's what Taunt shouts to you, Peter, from, yeah. your, from your deck box. I love it. Yeah, so I, I wrote an article about Taunt years and years mm-hmm. and years ago mm-hmm. for the Mythos Busters, which is mm-hmm. still up on their site, I think. Before Drawn the Flame was really a gleam in our... Hang on, I think by the time I wrote... I wrote two articles. I wrote an engagement article mm-hmm. before we'd even considered Drawn to the Flame. But Taunt, I think uh, you helped me read through the article, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Yeah, it's it's a very useful kind of card. I think it's worth comparing it to Shortcut, uh, mm-hmm. which a lot of people identify as a good card quite quickly as well. At its minimum, it gives you an action... So it's one, you pay one to get an action because you engage an enemy, which seems okay. You might have an enemy that's got enough health that you can't kill it with the two actions you'd have left after engaging it, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But actually, when you start to break it down, where Taunt really comes into its own is turns where you've got multiple enemies or you're having to move and you haven't got time to, to engage an enemy. It really kind of hammers home the role of Guardian as a protector of the other people in the team. That you just mm-hmm. suddenly pull all these enemies onto you. You've got more cards that can soak damage, and you take those hits that you can't on any, from enemies you can't kill. Mm-hmm. The the more pressured a scenario you're in, the more actions it can give you. Yeah, yeah. And the actions right when you need them the most. Mm. Yes, that's the theme that has, or it's a sort of sub theme of the podcast that's carried on throughout the history <laughs> of the cast and throughout the history of the game. Actions aren't of equal value all the time. Yeah. And it came up a lot, didn't it, when we did our actions episode and we're thinking about, like, Rogue can get all of these actions, but what are they doing with them? And it's, yeah, a similar thing. If if your Guardian or your Guardian-adjacent character, their role is dealing with enemies, the time when their actions are most precious is when enemies are on the table. So that's the time when they don't want to spend actions moving or engaging. They want to spend actions killing because that's going to be the kind of thing they do. And Taunt says, great, you can trade a card and a resource and I'll give you any number of engage actions so that you can get on with your your primary role. How many enemies do you think is the max that you could engage with a Taunt? (laughs) I was thinking about this last night. Imagine this. Uh, Enemy phase, four hunter enemies hunt in on your party and hit everyone. And then in upkeep, all four investigators draw the enemy basic weaknesses from their decks, if they have them. Yeah. So that's another four. And then in Mythos, you all draw an enemy. Yeah. So in theory, there'd be 12 enemies at your location, assuming the investigators are all together. A couple would all already be engaged with you, but you could, say, play Taunt and, and take 10 actions, 10 engage actions. You are, You'd engage 10 enemies pretty nice that's nice yeah i thought you were going to lead on to the anecdote you had where someone had a swarming (laughs) enemy had 17 yeah yeah that's a friend of the show andy who at a recent event used taunt three 
which is oh, engage yeah. any number of enemies at your location, deal one damage and draw a card for each enemy engaged this way. So you played Taunt 3 and engaged 17 swarming enemies as Zoe, got 17 resources, dealt 17 damage, drew 17 cards, one of which was Paranoia, and <laughs> lost the 17 resources. <laughs> Just wonderful. So yeah, and hey, that's another example. Zoe, that's an event in December 2021. Oh yeah, yeah, of and course. Yeah. Zoe's still being played. So yeah, nice sign of Zoe being around. Even in the three cards we've seen, we've got Zoe and Taunt that say engage enemies and we've got Blackjack that says don't engage enemies. And I like the tension here. I don't know if I really picked up on this tension back when Dunwich came out, but I think it's really obvious revisiting these cards that you've got some cards saying do things at range and you've got other cards saying no, 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 your job as the Guardian is to take things on the chin. We have another Guardian event. It's Teamwork. This is a zero-cost event with a wild icon. You said, you said another another Guardian event, as if you were surprised it was a Guardian event. <laughs> was it Guardian in, event? In this Guardian <laughs> box? Who would have thought? <laughs> Sorry, emphasis was in the wrong place. We have another Guardian event? Nice, like it's it. teamwork. No notes. <laughs> I think it's because as I read that, I thought, yeah, and in the core set, we got a lot of Guardian assets. Yes. The events we get are what? Dynamite Blast, Evidence. Is that it? Dodge. There you go. Three events. So suddenly Danich comes out and it's like, have some more events. You don't have to just be running your first aid, 45 automatic, machete, beat cop, guard dog, all of those cards. Anyway. Yeah. This is teamwork. A zero cost event with a wild icon. Tactic traded. Investigators at your location may give or trade any number of item assets, ally assets, or resources among one another. It's dangerous to go alone. Which is a Zelda reference, I believe. Mm. Take this. Yeah, now it seems... I don't think this is a bad card. I think it is quite niche. I can't think of many times I would be dying to use this. Uh, it's nice mm. in that case that it is, does have a wild icon on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's not a bad card on which to have a wild icon. Because there might be an occasion where this is absolutely clutch. I do yeah. think the effect is maybe a little bit overshadowed by newer cards we've got. Specifically, Bob, who almost has this built into his character. <laughs> yeah, part of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, And it, there's, there's a lot of rogue cards in the recent cycle as well that, that play with this kind of effect of trading cards amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I think there's probably a place for it. And I think if you build a team where teamwork works as a card in your party then more power to you you've you've mm-hmm. achieved something great so this is the card i was alluding to when i talked about zoe generating loads of resources yes and so you've got an option here which is just zoe does zoe things and engages lots of enemies and then at some point she plays teamwork and give shares the love and i think that's legitimate it's pretty good i think the timing is the challenge for that it's her getting rich quick enough to then allow all of the other investigators to make use of those resources. Because nowadays, when you build a deck, you build it so that you can survive without needing resources from other people. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And that idea of saying, oh, if only I had four more resources. You know, my, my gut instinct response to that is, well, build the deck. Like, you know, there's a deck error there. There's a 
not not trying to criticize but there's a there's something you could fix in deck building or in upgrading that would resolve that rather than requiring someone on the team to do it it also to me illustrates this other point we've known about guardian for a long time but i think this is the first time we see it of guardian really like liking being a multiplayer faction yeah this is a card that is is basically a wild icon in solo so you wouldn't run it so for me i've run it very rarely because i play a lot of solo and then the final thing i guess to say is it's a really fun event card you know going and playing arkham at an event yeah 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 just remember to just remember to get your cards back (laughs) at the end of the event (laughs) yeah exactly but you could be doing something like you know your guardian has a spare copy of a weapon and you hand that to someone else who has a decent combat or someone's got a spare ally that they want to trade around maybe someone's really worried about getting eliminated through damage or horror so they're trading an ally that can soak a lot something like that you can come up with all sorts of fun shenanigans in in events where you can say hang on do this try that whatever it is and it's tactic traded and stick to the plan wasn't out at the time dunwich came out but stick to the plan if you've not seen that card yet that's definitely one to go and take a look at because that becomes such a guardian signature card Mm. and particularly for events if you're taking stick to the plan maybe you slot a single teamwork and it sits waiting ready for that kind of thing Mm. it's not the best stick to the plan card but it's a decent stick to the plan card what's next Bro, well, we've got Taunt level two. Mm. Uh, we'll we'll go over this pretty quick. Basically, we've got an agility icon in addition to the, the willpower and combat icons, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Mainly, though, you're taking this because it draws a card for each enemy you engage using Taunt, which is really mm-hmm. nice. I think this is a lovely 2 XP upgrade. If you can find a use for Taunt, you almost certainly can find a use for Taunt level two. This can mm-hmm. easily draw you, well, I mean, two cards. Even one card is nice. It just replaces mm-hmm. itself. Two cards is lovely for engaging a couple of enemies. In a mm-hmm. faction which probably struggles a bit more with Econ, as we've mentioned already, more than other factions as well, mm-hmm. having that is, is really nice. And just and when you play it with Zoe, <laughs> you're then gaining two resources, drawing two cards, uh, and, and engaging two enemies for zero actions. Yeah, really feels feels good. Feels good. Yeah, taunt zero is a card and a resource for at least an action, and at that exchange, it's maybe not great. So you're hoping to get two actions plus out of it. Yeah, but for taunt two, because you get the card back, it's just a resource for an action, which feels suddenly really good value. Or if you're Zoe, it's not even a resource, which is great. Yeah, agreed. The only other thing I'd really love is if the flavor changed with this. Like, if it said you steal your nerves and shout into the darkness, really, come and get me. <laughs> you know, this time you can come and get me. I think that the, the use of the updated flavor text has got to stay rare so that it really lands when we do see it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll cover that in an episode in about 15 cycles time <laughs> when we get back, <laughs> back around to Sledgehammer. Yeah. Tell me how many, how many cards do you... Would you like to get out of this card to feel like you're getting proper value? Honestly, any. I think any is good. That, that's one of the reasons I think this is a nice upgrade. Uh, it's mm. a bit like the, the lucky upgrade as well. Mm. That it's already a good card. Taunt is already a good card. When, when I wrote my article about Taunt, I said something like, it's, it's, 
never a card I was sad to see in my hand because I could always find a way to use it in in probably just a couple of turns. Yeah. So that but better feels really good. And it's better in a way which really helps. Sometimes the kind of draw card is a bit uninspiring on an update to a card or an upgrade Mm -hmm. to a card, rather. I think here it's it's just nice. It's good. Feels good. Next, we have Emergency Aid. It's a Guardian event. Two cost. It has intellect and agility icons. Insight and science traded. Choose an investigator at your location. Heal two damage from that investigator or from an ally asset he or she controls. Uh, this The picked art on this is so gross. I've always thought that. Yeah. I don't think this is a bad healing card, because it's quite a flexible healing card. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's overshadowed by other healing cards, although there are some really good healing cards out there now. Mm-hmm. I think probably healing itself is in the trickier position. I really like that this can heal allies, because certain allies will damage themselves in order to trigger certain effects, particularly beat cop. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to clear them off and get more uses of them. Mm -hmm. Certainly cheaper than playing another one of those assets. Yes, yeah. But I think just in terms of raw healing power, there's probably other cards I'd go to first now. Mm -hmm. This is where the context is important because the core set had first aid, which is a two-cost asset, and then is an action to heal a damage or a horror, and it's only from investigators. So to heal the same amount with first aid, you'd spend two resources in action to play it, and then another two actions to heal the same damage. Mm-hmm. So emergency aid immediately is quicker and more efficient. It's just a single action, play it, get it done, on with your day. So it starts to lean towards what a lot of people look for in healing, which is that it's time efficient which I like. And I th- yeah, I think the other thing is it adds that little bit of flexibility that you can also heal ally assets. The other kinds of ally assets you might want to heal are story assets because you just you want to keep them around. They're giving you big bonuses. So in the core set, you've got Lita Chantler who can soak three and three. And maybe you just want to heal her and keep using her to soak because she's got such a strong ability. And then in Dunwich, you've got Francis Morgan who can take four damage. And maybe you want to heal him just so he can take more damage for you. So yeah, those are just just useful extra elements to it. It's funny that it comes out with Zoe with her nine health. She probably doesn't need emergency aid on herself, but maybe she's using this to be more of a team player and look after the low health seeker, whether that's Rex or Daisy or yeah. and of course someone they, else low health. They could slot this directly as well. Daisy couldn't, but Rex could. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 Rex could, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Maybe you're you're tempted by this just as a little little backup card. Okay, we have got Brother Xavier, Pure of Spirit. Um, this is a five-cost asset for one XP, and he has a single willpower icon. And the ally trait, you get plus one willpower. Brother Xavier may be assigned damage and or horror dealt to other investigators at your location. Reaction, when Brother Xavier is defeated, deal two damage to an enemy at your location. And he uses the ally slot, and crucially, he has three health and three sanity. He's still, to this day, one of the chunkiest allies, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got, what's it, Red Glove Man is 4-4? Four, four? Yes, yeah. 
but I can't think of many that are bigger than this this lad. Yeah, an agency backup is yeah four four as well. It's that's funny that he has it. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that he has on him an ability when he's defeated when he's one of the the chunkiest allies. <laughs> <laughs> so when he came out way back in the mist of time, I remember us being a little bit flummoxed by Xavier. Yes, because there's this tension. He's giving you a static boost. He's helping the whole team as this sort of damage and horror soak. But then also you want to get rid of him to deal damage in theory. But yeah. you don't because you spent five resources to get this guy down and you're getting a, a boost from him and trying to wrap our heads around that. And then I found that I've played Brother Xavier a lot. And actually, it's normally quite easy to decide when am I going to trigger him. Yes. Often it's, you know, maybe you're fighting a big enemy and you've done most of the damage during the investigation phase, and then you take the hit on Xavier yeah. in the enemy phase, and that's when he explodes and kills the enemy off, and you've got yourself a VP or you've just won the scenario. So it sort of lets you carry damage over into the enemy phase, yeah. which, I, which I like. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like him as well. It's a real shame Daniela can't take him, actually. <laughs> yeah, see, see many of these cards. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'll come on to some especially egregious examples of that later. Um, yeah, yes. I, I, whenever I look at him, I get a burst of nostalgia because I really, really clearly remember talking about him on one of our first casts. I think the third mm. episode, was it? Yeah, something like that. Ally, allies, yeah. 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 The other tension we see is that he's not giving you a combat boost and you could, you know, the person he's competing with is Beat Cop level two. Yes. He gives you the plus one combat and the pings of damage. Mm-hmm. And you're doing something slightly different, aren't you? If you take Xavier, it's a more defensive choice rather than the more aggressive, right, get my combat boosted, going to be more proactive about pinging damage out. So yeah, there's something fascinating there about what kind of role are you filling as the Guardian? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Next we have Bandolier. This is a two-cost Guardian asset with a combat icon. It's item-traded, so you could trade it with your teamwork. You have one additional hand slot, which can only be used to hold a weapon asset. It can soak one damage, and it takes up the body slot. Just a bit uh, kind of straight up and down, isn't it, Bandolia? Mm-hmm. I think yep. there's some investigators like this a lot more. Interestingly, I think Bandolier has proved to be more useful in investigators who do multiple types of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe mm-hmm. is a great example, isn't it? The old Octo Joe. Yes. Yeah. Though Joe does have an inbuilt way of holding more things. Um, sometimes he just wants to hold absolutely everything. But I think an investigator who wants to hold like a fingerprint kit, a magnifying glass, and then also a weapon or so probably likes mm-hmm. this more, mm-hmm. rather than just someone who wants to hold lots of weapons. Yeah. The other angle for it is that your two hands are filled with a two-handed weapon. Yeah. So like and that has limited ammo or... It's your weapon that you're using for big targets, and then you want another slot for your machete or your 45 automatic or even your blackjack, although I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> and that's where you want the other slot. You've got your offhand weapon, as it's sometimes called. A survival a knife is a, is, a, is a good one to have there as well, or like a meat cleaver or something like that. Something which yeah. has an additional effect, yeah, or a trench knife or a, what was the one you just said? Yeah, blackjack or something like blackjack, that. Blackjack, yeah. Yeah, like a kind of something like that. Less less good just for straight up damage. And it's maybe also for your final points of damage. Say you're fighting a five health enemy and you can do four damage in one hit. Yeah. 
you don't want to spend another ammo of some big weapon to do one damage. So if you're able to hold another weapon that's giving you a decent combat boost, you can use that. It points to me at one of the pressure points for Guardian, which we mentioned earlier, which is being action taxed. And they need, it's a, their economy, they need cards and resources, so they need to spend actions getting them. And then they need to spend actions getting everything in play. And the bandolier, if we just think it out, so you've got, you play your main weapon or your two hands, that's one or two actions and resources. Then you need another action to play the bandolier and two resources. And then you need another action to pay play the thing that fills the additional hand slot. And you can see how guardians can get kind of bogged down in the setup they need to take. And yeah, not a problem, but it's something to be really aware of. I find when I play guardian in a group, I might be spending early turns getting that immediate weapon down and then be accumulating resources, accumulating cards, keeping building my setup so that I can be this amazing fighter later in the game. And Bandolier is a part of that, but it just takes time. Yeah. So we have Stand Together Level 3. This is a zero-cost event. It has two willpower icons, and it has the spirit trait. Choose another investigator at your location. Both you and that investigator draw two cards and gain two resources. They won't take us down that easily. Now, who is it on the art here? Well... I don't think I've ever got to the bottom of that. Because they're, they're, they're standing back-to-back with a ghost. <laughs> It's always made me think it's Mark Harrigan, but it doesn't look like Mark Harrigan in the art, does it? It almost looks like a sort of Rex Murphy. Yeah, Rex standing left. side by side with Sophie. No, is she called Sophie? Yeah, she's called yeah, Sophie. Sophie. Oh, it's Sophie. Sophie, yeah. I mean, that, that's always been my thought, but maybe maybe I'm not right. It's probably one of those bits of art that makes much more sense in the original context. It's yeah. Been, and it's yeah. been pulled because it shows two people back to back. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I Standing. Put it, I put <laughs> Standing it, together. Yeah. <laughs> I put it to you, Frank. There is a limited number of cards which you're happier to see in your opening hand than stand together. Yes. Maybe maybe tarot cards. Mm. Yeah, but unless that, you're playing solo. That first... Yeah, I, it's, it's that classic, like, suddenly the guard in, in your team says, well, should I go first? <laughs> and then they yeah. drop this down straight away and then they... There's a scramble to pick who it is that they boost on their first turn. Some extra action, yeah. some, some extra options, and some extra resources to spend on them. I've always loved you. I've always supported you. <laughs> I'm your best teammate, friend. No, I am. I'll get clues for you. Don't worry. Absolutely. Yeah. Two cards and two resources in a single card is lovely. That's really good value. But this isn't two cards and two resources. This is four cards and four resources split over two people. Yes. So zero cost for four and four is incredibly generous. Yeah, it really it's is. Great value. Yeah. And t- and the two icons as well, the two willpower icons, is just the, the cherry on top, really. I mean, yeah. I, I can't imagine you're going to want to commit this instead of play it, but you've got the option mm-hmm. there. Double icons is always great to see on any card. This is a card where I find particularly late campaign in Guardian. I maybe have been exploring a different route or particular weapon or some some kind of setup. And as I'm getting more and more XP and I don't need to buy yet another weapon, this is the kind of card I always find it hard not to take because it's so strong. It's just such good value. It's great turn one, obviously, but also mid-scenario, 
to plop it down and just give you that boost to carry you through the rest of the scenario is fantastic. It's a single action for all of that as well. I yeah. just think it's, yeah, it's terrific in that way. Um, It's spirit-traded, which means Nathaniel's boxing gloves can find it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So maybe in Nathaniel you want that. He particularly likes card draw because he want, if he's running event Nathaniel... So yeah, it's just another useful, useful thing there. It's also spirit traders so Calvin can take it. Yes, of course, yes, which yes. Which is you know handy enough. Yeah, it's just incredibly strong as a card, isn't it? Yeah. It also answers that, or it slightly answers. It's it's a good step towards answering the problem we described that guardians face, which is their economy. And this is saying, yeah, for a single card, you can get two cards and two resources and. In a very Guardian way, it doesn't just give them all of the cards and resources, it shares them out with other people. Because, I mean, that's the other thing we didn't mention with teamwork. The Guardian could play teamwork to take a load of resources from other people, because you can give or trade any number of item assets, ally assets or resources among one another. So if that's the thing you're really struggling with as the Guardian, because you've played a couple of big weapons and now you want to play a big ally, teamwork can actually be a sort of get the team working for you and you know stand together you can't obviously take all of the cards and resources yourself it's much more egalitarian yeah yeah what else do you want to say about stand together i just it's a good card play it (laughs) it stood the test of time yeah absolutely has next we have prepared for the worst this is a guardian event one resource one intellect and one combat icon tactic traded Search the top nine cards of your deck for a weapon asset and add it to your hand. Shuffle your deck. Just to give you an idea of whether this card still stands the test of time, Mm. it's abbreviated. And people will know (laughs) what that means. PFTW. Yeah. uh, This is a good card, I think. There's a couple of things that keep it in the running. It's still nice if if you do like like a Guardian... Two of one weapon, two of another weapon, and this is the kind of fifth card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably better than putting a fifth weapon in into your deck at that point. And if you mm-hmm. are, it, it's it, at that point. If you if you find this before you find a weapon, you're very likely to find a weapon with this. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. But I think the really good thing uh, is stick to the plan. Yes. Yeah. Because this can be dropped on stick to the plan if you don't gain a weapon early in the scenario or even in your opening hand you can drop this really early and take a look through your deck to find a weapon yes. and yeah. the other the other benefit of course of stick to the plan is that you know it, it's it's a way to ditch cards you don't need <laughs> so yes. so if, if you don't get a chance to play this or don't need to play this then it you don't need to bother drawing it yeah yeah, your your opening hand has two of your four weapons in it and you can decide which you're keeping you're like right unfortunately prepared for the worst is taking up a slot and stick to the plan but that's probably marginally better than just taking up a place in your hand you miss out on committing it for the icons but that's all the other thing that's really useful with prepared for the worst is it also shuffles your deck so say you have quite a good weapon density in your deck and you pray prepared for the worst and don't see any weapons at least you're getting a deck shuffle then so you've spent an action to check that the top nine doesn't have a weapon and then at least there's a there's more of a chance right or is this am i falling into one of these fallacies that there's actually not the same chance even after you've shuffled your deck it feels like there's more of a chance am i wrong though 
<laughs> I haven't done the maths. <laughs> okay. Someone who can do the maths, tell me if I'm if I'm wrong, if I, shuffling your deck makes any difference for drawing a weapon. Well, I mean, it's better than drawing into the nine cards that you know don't have a weapon. Yes, yeah, that's why it feels better, even if mathematically it's the same. Because yeah. there's the possibility when you shuffle your deck that there's still not a weapon in the top nine. In the first option you knew, better the devil you don't know, is <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, As the saying goes. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, you said the four weapons and having this as the fifth. I've mm-hmm. actually even moved away from that and sometimes I'm running two or three weapons and this. Yeah. yeah. Because particularly if you have a signature weapon or a specific weapon that you're building around, you don't want other weapons filling out your deck. You want a couple of copies of Prepared for the Worst to yeah. find that key weapon. Say it's a flamethrower, which is a very good card, Becky. or a lightning gun in Dunwich, or Becky, which is Tommy's gun. You might just want to find that weapon. Then this is just a better way of doing that. And in combination with Tetsuo Mori, who's a guardian ally from much later, <laughs> you you uh, get multiple ways of searching your deck. So you actually fill your fill your deck with cards that search rather than fill your deck just with weapons. You go away from density towards specificity. Yes. So yeah, that's prepared for the worst. Okay, let's move on. We move on to Keen Eye, a three-cost blank cost asset, which is a talent, and this is a permanent. And we don't often see those, do we? This has a free trigger. Spend two resources. You get plus one intellect until the end of the phase. And then another free trigger, spend two resources, you get plus one combat until the end of the phase. Importantly, it's until the end of the phase. Not your turn. Or Round. that test. You get plus one intellect for this test or anything like that. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's that's the... Just to, to kind of flesh this out for folks, when the cycle was originally distributed, if, if you by somehow weren't aware of this, there was a permanent talent that boosted two stats for each of the factions well sort of came out in the same in the same pack so we had mm-hmm. keen eye blood pact higher education scrapper and streetwise uh, streetwise of course yes and the most fun yeah well except for higher education yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say that yeah no but streetwise yeah. is still very good streetwise and higher yes. education by far the best of those Scrapper and Blood Pact probably both good. Keen Eye, the 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 trailing one trailing far behind. It mm. was the only one that you got one boost for spending two. All the rest of them were either one for one or uh one for more than one. Yeah. So it always felt a bit tough that Keen Eye didn't it was so expensive to boost your stats by. But mm. the the trade off was potentially you got two or three boosts with spending the same resource. So I spend two resources and I get plus one intellect on three tests. Yes, yeah. But that happened, didn't happen very often, (laughs) which I think is the root of the problem with Kenai. Yes. At its heart, it wants you to do, to get the value, to do the same thing at least three times, maybe more. Uh, I suppose if you did, you did, did an intellectual combat test twice, you're spending two for two, which is okay. You could be doing that with a physical training or with another sort of stat booster like that but the difficulty with kenai is you have to have the two resources you can never do one for one yeah for just that final test you want a boost for you're gonna have to do two for one and it's maybe two for two or two for three 
Where that's also then tricky is you're hoping to do multiple of the same actions. It's all right if you're doing lots of investigating in a spot, and it's probably particularly all right if you're a guardian doing lots of fighting. Mm-hmm. You're like, right, I'm going to take three swings at this big enemy, so I may as well spend two resources or four resources to to get a boost across all of these swings. Yeah. Where that's difficult, again, is that guardians don't often have loads of spare resources. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a tricky card to land, I think. Yes. Where I've had the most success with it is in solo. So in solo, I would be doing the investigating myself, so I might want to boost intellect, and I'll do the fighting myself, so I'd boost combat. And I ran it in Leo Anderson, who has access to rogue, so can have more actions. Yeah. So then I felt like I was getting more bang for my buck, where I'd spend two resources for plus one intellect, and could maybe investigate somewhere twice and then move and then investigate somewhere else as well. So get the value out of boosting because I'd get, say, three or even four actions out of it. And that felt much more reasonable than just getting two or three actions worth. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it's still a permanent and a permanent stat booster. Permanent mm. cards are very useful. So just being able to have that stat boost whenever you need it that is still mm. useful I think yeah. that uh, there's just things I'd spend lots of things I'd spend 3 XP on before I went to Kenai yeah lots of people were playing Zoe at the time it came out she was the Dunwich Guardian mm-hmm. you're not really boosting her intellect to investigate Yeah, I, I'm guessing I, I mean I did try it a couple of times when I played her and it okay. did yeah. ne- never ended successfully Mm-hmm. She also has more resources to spend as well, which is which is something to bear in mind. Yes, yeah. That, at least, is in its favour. And, of course, in the core set you have Roland, who has three intellect and four combat, and might be wanting to do a bit of investigating, particularly as he has seeker access. So maybe you're spending two resources as Roland, and you've got a magnifying glass, or you're committing a deduction or a perception or something like that, and maybe you get a bit more value out of that. It's a funny one, isn't it? It's funny you said that um, Higher Ed and Streetwise definitely number one and number two. I've actually heard people slate Scrapper and Blood Pact and Kenai as the worst. So there are there are different parties out there that don't like each of those for different reasons. And it's interesting hearing what it is about one of them in particular that makes it the odd one out. So for Scrapper, which is just pay one for boost one, People are like, well, this isn't worth it. It doesn't do anything special. And for Blood Pact, it involves Doom, which freaks people out. So, yeah, it's really intriguing to me to hear which one each person thinks is bad. Next, we have If It Bleeds. This is a one-cost event. Willpower and combat icons. It is untreated. A rare untreated card. Oh, God, yeah. I'd never thought about that. Little bit of trivia there for you. What cards have no trait? I have no idea what other card has no trait. There's a location somewhere. How do you find? How do you no even trait. find them in Arkham DB? No idea. Yeah, just just flick through all the cards. Just look at all the cards and then spot which ones aren't there. Yeah, just do yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot easier when when there was only the core set and done it. Challenge. <laughs> yeah. What? If you could give If It Bleeds a trait, we'll come back to this in a moment, what trait would you give it? Anyway, let's read it first, see if we can work it out. Fast, play after you defeat a monster enemy, monster enemy in particular. Each investigator at your location heals horror, 
equal to that enemy's horror value. It's a small comfort, but you'll take it. This is a card that I like so much in theory. <laughs> and I've played with it on a number of occasions. But it is very hard to land well. I will mm. say that the enemy types are... It's probably more generous than you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Because I think, aren't all enemies basically humanoid or monster? Is it, I think there's a third one in there, isn't there? Yeah. I can't remember what the other one is. Creature is oh, the creature, third it, yeah. big subtype. It's the smallest of the three. The big two are humanoid and monster. So there are a lot of monster enemies... Mm-hmm. But I think almost always this card is going to be healing for one or two horror. And yeah. I think, well, I mean, times the number of investigators at your location. And I think the situation, the, 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 we've said this on multiple occasions in the past, the more conditions you put on an effect, the harder it is to land and the harder it is to justify that slot in your deck. So if, if you're d- low on sanity and you will need to heal two horror you don't want to have to find an enemy a monster enemy with a decent horror value and then defeat it and then have this Mm -hmm. in your hand and the resource to play it all at the same time we compare it to emergency aid which costs one more and just heals two damage just Mm -hmm. boom that's it two damage healed that seems like the much better way of doing things yeah this did come out in which pack did it come out in here's a question for you came out in Undimensioned and Unseen. Yeah, because that is actually quite a good... I think that's the times I've used it to the best effect, actually. So there's a lot of monster enemies in that scenario, and monster enemies with a decent that deal a decent horror amount of they horror. for two and two. Yeah. Oh, no, the, the, the broods aren't monsters. Yeah, but the... Yeah, there's the... The, or the astral beast or whatever it's called. What's it called? Oh, no, the broods of Yogg-Sothoth are. They're monster abomination. Yes. And then you're thinking of the altered avian beast. thralls. and no, the, the altered beast is the, the treachery. Yeah, avian thrall and lupine thrall. I think they're all monsters, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. They are. So so that, that card works well in that scenario, the, the scenario in the packet came out in. So with <laughs> yeah. some, some good kind of scenario understanding, maybe you can tech this and land it really well. Absolutely, yeah. I think that it sums up one of the great enjoyments of the game, which is the difference between face-checking a, a scenario and knowing a campaign well, and knowing what your targets would be. And if it bleeds, rewards knowing these are the enemies that I can get the best healing off, so yeah. they're going to be my targets, or, oh, I really need such and such an enemy, because that, that's got the healing for us. I think it is good value for healing. One for like healing potentially four or eight horror is great, but I completely agree with you about how conditional it is. Yeah. It's a lovely theme as well. I think it's it's mm. one of my favourite um, kind of theme into mechanics cards in the game still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just this idea of, right, this horrible, this thing that was going to drive us insane, we've smashed up and look, it does bleed. Let's let's take heart from that and, and, and carry on. But I think it, I think it could have been a little bit more potent for the number of conditions or been a little bit easier to play. Um, you think either of those things would have would have been fine for it. I'm really glad you mentioned theme because I really like placing If It Bleeds alongside Emergency Aid. And <laughs> really, the reason they're not the same card, one for damage and one for horror, is entirely theme. Yeah. It's how, how do Guardians heal damage? They take time, they patch you up. 
They can heal allies if they need to. How do they heal horror? They prove that they can slay these terrifying monsters. And in doing that, everyone in the party feels soothed. That's just the thematic thing. It's not, it doesn't need to be that way mechanically. It's a, a bit of great design, I'd say, to make them different, to make them feel good. I often find I run a one-off if it bleeds in Guardian. Interesting. That's interesting. Lots of Guardians have low sanity. I'm not running it as like, you know, this is going to keep me alive. But particularly if you're in a big brawl, it can be quite nice just to slot to slot a, a one-off of it. I think that's my problem, though, that yeah. I'm more likely to need emergency horror healing in Guardian than I am to need emergency physical healing. Mm-hmm. So while the effects are thematic they would be more efficient the other way around. <laughs> yeah, you'd like to switch it the other way around. Yeah, yeah. So what trait are we assigning if it bleeds? I oh, think good it's question. spirit. Yeah. Um, sort of spirit anyway, isn't it? I think it must be spirit. It's not a tactic. No. It's not a thing you've planned to do. <laughs> My tactic is to make <laughs> it bleed. And it's not It's not fortune like it bleeds? Question yeah. mark? <laughs> Oh, it does bleed. That would be fortune. <laughs> yeah, spirit. It's not gambit. If it was gambit, it would be play this before you defeat a monster enemy. And then you're gambling that you can defeat it. And you're like, if it bleeds, then we'll get a payoff. Yeah. No, I think it's spirit. That that would be my my guess. I can see why it's not spirit as well. Like, it doesn't feel like a mistake to me. It feels like it doesn't fit wholly into spirit. Which yeah. is why they didn't give it spirit. And then realised actually maybe they should have given it a trait. What is let God saw mount? Is that spirit? Uh, it's a, got a trait that you love. It's tactic and fated. Fated. Because mm. it ends your turn. Yeah. That doesn't really work. The tactic is to let God saw them out. <laughs> it is me and we have the Springfield M1903. It is a four-cost asset and costs four experience. It has a combat and an agility pip. Item, weapon, firearm traits. Uses three ammo. Action, spend one ammo. Fight. You get plus three combat and deal plus two damage for this attack. Cannot be used to attack enemies engaged with you. And it uses two hand slots. What do you think of this card? So this is our first big weapon after the corset shotgun, isn't (laughs) it? Yeah, it it is, yeah. Four cost, four XP, three ammo. It's giving you a, a pretty heady plus three combat and each shot is dealing three damage. And that break point between doing two damage per hit and three damage is significant. We did a whole episode on three health enemies looking at how important it might be to kill a three healther in one go. Mm-hmm. And this does allow that. The big hang up here is that you can't attack enemies engaged with you. And this, again, like Blackjack in Dunwich, is one of the core tensions of the Guardian identity. You've got an investigator who likes to engage, you've got cards that let you engage, and then you've got some weapons that say actually fight against other people. Yeah. This is going to sound really bad, but but bear with me. What were the designers thinking? It's an interesting (laughs) one, right? Yeah. There's an idea behind here that they kind of have never fully fleshed out, I think. Yeah. One of the egregious things missing is it, is it doesn't ignore aloof either, which feels really bad. Because mm, it would be lovely yeah. to be able to snipe an enemy that's that's not engaged. It saves you the action to engage, but it doesn't. It doesn't even do that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such a weird one. It feels like a just a card in want of a of a 
proper home. Like, you can imagine a non-guardian who doesn't want to be engaged with enemies, like some kind of rogue character who wants to evade them. You can imagine them wanting this. But what 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 evasion character has access to level 4 guardian cards? Yeah. There's a possibility here, which is in designing this this part of the game when they were designing it, there was a much more priority placed on dealing with enemies without engaging them. So mm. if we're playing together, Peter, and you're the seeker and I'm the guardian and you draw an enemy, maybe the playtesters who were wanting or the feedback they were giving is, this is great because I've got the Springfield out and I can just shoot that enemy. Mm. I don't need to engage it and I do lots of damage. You know, In a couple of shots, you can kill um, a conglomeration of spheres, which is pretty great. You wouldn't need the combat boost, but the damage boost is great. But unfortunately, this came got this card came out after Machete, and already, I think players' minds were set on the idea that if you're the enemy management character, you're engaging enemies onto you and dealing with them, so that the rest of the team can get on with their work. And so it just runs so counter to the prevailing goal of Guardian. There's a possibility of in four player that you run a guardian who does things at yeah, range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the real, I think, the real use for this card is as a, as a hunter. So, so the the taboo is also added of the ability to target an enemy that's not at your location. So you could target yeah. an enemy at a connecting location, and I think there's there's a real, I mean, and three damage to deal to those enemies is really good. So mm-hmm. if you're in, say, the circle undone, we all know who I'm talking about in that that campaign. Mm-hmm. If there's an enemy about to move into your location in the enemy phase and attack you, shooting them from where you are is much better than shooting them from yeah. the next turn when they've moved in and attacked someone. If there are enemies that for whatever reason spawn away from you and yeah. are then heading towards you, or that are cultists and aren't moving towards you and you're going to need to go and deal with... Because they've got doom on them, yeah. They've got doom on them or they're generating doom. Yeah. Being able to just shoot them at range is fantastic, yeah. Or you've got that big horde of enemies chasing after your car (laughs) or something similar. Yeah, yeah. Being able to pick them off at range is really good. But exactly what you say, you're then totally vulnerable when something moves into your location because you can't use this to attack them at that point. Yeah. And at that point, then, are you running a bandolier and an offhand weapon that's your close quarters weapon? Yeah. Or is someone else doing that? And I think the other criticism that then gets levelled at this card, unfortunately, is why have you limited yourself to being able to shoot things at range but not deal with the here and now problem? Mm. Because lots of other weapons won't let you shoot at range but will deal with everything more efficiently. And, you know, the more I look at it, the more I like the plus three, plus two. Yeah. That is good. I think I undervalued that when that came out. It didn't feel as flashy as it, as now thinking like, wow, that's pretty decent. But I wonder in a team with someone who's got some enemy management in terms of moving enemies around might like it. So like yeah. a, a Rita or someone to, to move enemies to adjacent locations or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or Wendy could be doing that. Is it close call that forces an enemy to spawn at a different location no no Fen- it is think off. on your feet think on your feet that's oh no yeah. think on your feet moves you away yeah 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 so potentially there's some yeah maybe in a team where you built around it yeah there's that other option is stealth as well where you can evade enemies but not actually you just disengage from enemies but it, stealth is a hard card to get to do anything good honestly the missing piece of the puzzle for me 
is the inverse of taunt. A card that lets you push enemies away from you. And I know there's warning shot, but I kind of want a fast card that pushes enemies off you. Maybe that's just too strong. Maybe that's the, the big problem with with a card like that is it would get run all the time because you there's so many other uses for removing an enemy off you aren't there you almost need a a card that lets you disengage from all the enemies engaged with you you may not leave your location you know something like that because otherwise you disengage and run do you know am i making sense yeah yeah that's the springfield next we have leadership it is a new guardian skill zero xp one wild icon it's practiced while leadership is committed to a skill test being performed by another investigator, leadership gains willpower and wild icons. It's the only type of ship that can't sink. The leadership. The leadership. Wow. Uh, have you used this much? It's not great. Never. Not great for solo. <laughs> Never, I think. Sadly. I think I have put it in decks, but I don't think I've even committed. No, I must have committed it for a while uh, for the willpower and two wilds. It's a card I really want to use. Yeah. I really like the design of it. I just... But... I, yeah. I feel like either a Guts or an Unexpected Courage will typically be better. Mm-hmm. It, in the in the best case, it's slightly better than those. But in probably the most cases, it's worse. Mm-hmm. Who wants to help other people pass tests? I mean, come on. Yeah. What is that? It's a running joke in my group, in my in my regular group, that the uh, one person has drawn the self-centered weakness. I think four campaigns now, certainly three in a row. Wow. Okay. Then to the point where we just assume that they can't help us <laughs> with anything. <laughs> They're like, "Why are you committing that? You're self-centered. Like, it's not even on the table." It cuts to the heart of. What are we including skill cards and more generally icons in our decks to do? Mm. And how much are we doing them for ourselves versus other people? And the hallmark of a nice card that can commit, you named a good pair of cards there, Unexpected Courage and Guts, is that they're good for you and good for other people. Mm. And to have leadership say, not as good for you, but good for other people, immediately just kind of puts it below the curve, behind the pack not as good <laughs> it just it just means it's harder to make land if it had if it had the willpower on the card i think it would be a lot a lot more appealing so it would be a willpower wild for you and a willpower too wild for anyone else yeah, yeah. yeah. i think i think at that I point i'm i'm liking it the the other sort of hurdle i have with this card it's another lovely sort of teamwork style card where the guardian's helping other people where I get stuck with that is how much are you helping yourself and staying safe? And maybe in a high willpower guardian, maybe with Brother Xavier down, you really don't need boosts for Mythos in that way. So yeah. then, yeah, you've got two roles, kill enemies and protect other people. And part of your protection is giving them icons. But it's in a faction where drawing into this, you draw is at a premium. And so, yeah, that's the other thing I think I've often found myself cutting it because I'm like, well, if I draw this, I'm not drawing any of these other more important cards. This is a a luxury rather than a necessity. Do you want to take us on to our next card? Yeah. Hi, listener. Frank here. Just throwing in a funny little extra detail here. Of course, we talk about 
I've had worse in the upcoming segment, as though it's not also in the revised core, which it is. So we were definitely fully in with our Dunwich hats on talking about Dunwich, and we kind of forget to mention that it's available in the core as well. It's that good a card that they deemed it worthy to include in the revised core and give a little buff to Guardian from that. So yeah, I just thought I'd acknowledge that now, in case you're yelling at your podcast device wondering why we didn't mention that. Uh, I've had worse. This is a zero-cost, four-XP event with two willpower and one agility icon. And it has the spirit trait. Fast, play when you are dealt damage and or horror. Cancel up to five damage and or horror just dealt to you. Then gain that many resources. It's like Mm. a super dodge, this card. Yeah. Yeah. And super dodge that doesn't care about an enemy attack. So it could be yeah. damage or horror being dealt to you by oh, yeah. Yeah, treachery. Yeah, 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 that absolutely could, yeah. Five is a lot to... So, so again, for, for folks who are not familiar, there is a lower XP version of this, which is two damage and or horror, right? Mm-hmm. For two XP. Yeah. And in a way, that card's better. I mean, it's not strictly better, but I, I think it's probably rare that you're dealt five damage and or horror. I think the most most people will take is two and two from a from a massive enemy, say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are certainly cards which could deal you that much. I'm mm-hmm. not dismissing you if you've been insta-gibbed by a, um, a Beyond the Veil or something like that. Yeah, a Danit's Treachery. <laughs> but I think this card is a rare one where it's, it's probably just as good with less cancellation. That said, it is still a fantastic card, and it's it's a very cinematic card as well. It's like that enemy smacks you in the face, and then you just like just knocks your head round, and you turn round, and there's no marking at all on you. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, come on. Feels very cool to play it. Super cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned. You know, this this potentially is a card that allows you to survive huge hits, mm-hmm. like something hitting for three and three in Dunwich. There's a couple of odd enemies as well. One that hits for a damage and four horror. So being able to cancel that seems really nice. Particularly if enemies are hitting for even three horror. Even if they're not hitting for damage. In Guardian that feels particularly good. Because horror is so terrifying. Yeah. And it's an economy card. Which we've talked about how Guardians like that. And it's it's conditional economy. You need to be hit by something to get money out of it. Yeah. I think it's still a strong card, even if it was just cancelling the damage and horror. But the resources as the icing on the cake is amazing. Yeah. I like the idea that your guardian solution for dealing with Beyond the Veil might be just packing this and this plus big health pools. (laughs) Yeah, Beyond the Veil is not that threatening. (laughs) But then the likelihood of... I suppose Beyond the Veil, one of the ways it triggers is that you get milled a lot as well. So yeah, if you have this in hand, that could be your way of handling Beyond the Veil. Just take it on the chin. Next, we have Vicious Blow Level 2. This Yay. is an upgrade to the skill card in the core set. It now has two combat icons rather than one, and it's gained the expert trait, so it's practiced an expert. If this skill test is successful during an attack, that attack deals plus one damage, plus two damage instead, if it succeeds by two or more. With a sickening smack, he struck the abomination over and over until at last it stopped moving. So such a crucial card or such a key card, I was almost surprised that it wasn't in the core set. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. It's like whenever I see resourceful and I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, that Corset card resourceful. And then someone has to remind me it's not. Yeah. Now, a, a good way of thinking about this is a, this is a top tip, and this is probably old news for anyone who's a seasoned hand at the game. The top level of it, so dealing three damage, basically adds no icons to the test because the extra two icons are cancelled out by needing to succeed by two or more. Mm-hmm. So if you're using this card to deal three damage, or want to use this card to deal three damage, or two extra damage, remember that you still need to boost <laughs> as well as yeah. having the icons. As well as, as well as, so you need to put this in and then something else in as well. So you were fighting a, like a 2 3 2 enemy, so combat, a fight 2. You want to do the 3 damage. You commit the vicious blow, so you're getting plus 2, but you're essentially needing to pass a difficulty 4 then rather than yeah. difficulty 2 because you need to succeed by 2 or more. Yes, exactly, yeah. But it still works as a regular old vicious blow with an extra icon. So mm-hmm. if you just want to deal plus 1 damage, then, then it's great. I think that like what's what's interesting about this is compared to deduction level two, of all of the the the, the similar cards, probably uh, deduction and vicious blow are the two most useful, because mm-hmm. enemy health pools and clue pools on locations tend to be the biggest, but this is probably slightly less useful than deduction level two. I always deduction level two. I really prioritise getting probably less so with mm. Vicious Blow level two. Okay, that's that's interesting. I thought you were going to go the other way with that because the difference between odd and even clue counts, depending on player count, is more important than the fact that just getting from two damage to three damage is a mm. thing that you need to do as a guardian. <laughs> And so I, I think I'd flip the other way. I normally would go for Vicious Blow. Well, I almost always would go for Vicious Blow 2 if I can. Well, yeah, but but remember, this this will go into, like, an, a weapon attack. Yeah. So the plus yeah, yeah. one... So you'll is, have the damage and things, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So the, so the plus two actually probably takes you from three to four damage. Yeah. Which yeah. is a f- less exciting breakpoint than two to three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, what... what enemy value is that helping us against being able to kill a four damage enemy in one action is very good but less much less rarely useful sorry much more rarely useful god that's a horrible sentence yeah <laughs> it's it's it's, yeah. it's vital it, less this is often. where player count is important because yeah a deduction if i'm playing in two player and it's so it's a, a two eye location it's got four clues yeah. deduction two doesn't help me clear it any quicker yes yeah i get yes, three true. and one instead of two and two yeah, I mean, it might mean you know, if, if if the option was only a deduction zero, that would be three actions to clear, and deduction two makes it two actions. So there is still speeding up, but yeah, it it depends entirely on player count, I think, which is yeah. part of why it's fascinating and enjoyable. Yeah, I really I really like vicious blow two. I think it's a really good card, really useful card. Yeah, yeah, vicious blow one, the vicious blow zero is is good, and this is this is more of the same. They do obviously. It helps against when you've got a big lad. You need to mash up. Yeah, every point of damage helps at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, should we move on again? Yes. Brill, we have Monster Slayer. This is a one cost five XP event and has a combat and a wild icon, and it has the spirit trait. Fight! If this attack succeeds against a non-elite enemy, defeat that enemy. I remember your partner describing this as being like Jason Statham. It's a description yes. that is stuck in my head ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you make of this card? 
Uh, what do I make of it? The immediate thought I had here was that I remember panning it because non-elite enemy, you know, how many enemies are non-elite? But elite enemies are a pretty small proportion of the enemy pool. Mm-hmm. They're normally boss enemies, so you're normally not drawing elite enemies out of the encounter deck. Mm-hmm. Most things that come out are elite, which is a point in this card's favour. The tricky part of it is you're taking a fight against an enemy. You want it to be compressing enough damage to make it worthwhile, but yes. you're not getting any of your boosts from the weapon you're using because this is a fight on the event. Mm-hmm. And... It's like a one-card solution for an enemy, but what you can't see is all the other cards that you're then needing to commit to make it land. If it's a high-fight enemy that you want to kill, that's hard. If it's low-fight, you kind of don't need Monster Slayer because it's easy to hit. Mm -hmm. And so you're just looking for compression then. It is coming out in Dunwich where there's conglomeration of spheres which are one fight, six health. But do you want to spend a 5 XP card as a one-off to kill a conglomeration of spheres? Maybe... Maybe. So yeah, as you can hear, I find it a tricky one to justify. And it's competing as at 5xp with 5xp weapons in Guardian. So you yes. have the other downside that this is a one and done, mm-hmm. which is a lot for 5xp. Yeah, yeah. It is a difficult such one, a right? Lukewarm, lukewarm take from me, but there we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sort of with you. It feels very vulnerable for 5xp card. I still mm-hmm. have to pass a test, basically. <laughs> mm. I feel like maybe in a campaign with big, high health enemies towards the end, and I am specifically thinking of the Circle Undone, mm-hmm. that has some really chunky enemies right at the end that are quite hard to hit. Yeah, You need to hit them a lot in order to kill them. Mm-hmm. It'd be far easier to hit them once and just have them die. Yeah. So that maybe seems more appealing at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether. <laughs> but how does Nate work against? Again, is he is he fight events deal plus one damage? Yeah. So this would deal two damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, which doesn't that doesn't feel great? Um, there is a well, lower level version I'm, of monsters. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Nathaniel Nathaniel because this is an example of the lower level kind of. It almost feels like it's fixing the problems of the five XP. The lower level is zero cost, no XP, just has a wild icon. And it says, fight, this attack deals plus one damage. So in Nathaniel, you're paying a card, no resources, to deal three damage. Yeah. It's like another vicious blow, in a way. It's vicious blows three and four, which I think is really cool. And Nathaniel can take Monster Slayer 5. I've seen people play it in him, but... It's weird, like, because it kind of runs counter to what Nathaniel does. The advantage, if you're running boxing gloves, Nathaniel, you can find it with the boxing gloves because it's spirit. But other than that, you just—it's so weird. So and like, I—I I feel like if if it lands, it, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. Like some, it, but it's like a very for a car that has such a kind of epic theme. Mm-hmm. It it's almost anticlimactic and five XP as well. Yeah. It's like a it's just a super efficient damage card. Yeah. Like if Vicious Blow was dealing plus five damage, we'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is so good. I love it, I love it so much. But that's not how Monster Slayer works. It just kills the enemy, no matter how much health they've got. Yeah. I mean, caveat of course it doesn't work against elite enemies. 
Yeah. There's a situation where you've done that taunt and drawn three or four enemies onto you. Mm-hmm. And you can't kill them all off with whatever big weapon you have, mm-hmm. even if you had extra actions. And maybe you want Monster Slayer in your suite of tools for dealing with lots of enemies, where you're like, right, well, I'll Monster Slay that, because that's priority one, and say it has lots of health, and then I can pick off two of these weenies. Yes, I'll take a hit from the fourth enemy, but that's okay. And it gives you, like you say, an incredible amount of compression so that you can kind of cherry pick what what you take out. If there wasn't a test on it, if it said this attack auto-succeeds against a non-elite enemy, and if it does, yeah. defeat that enemy. It it suddenly seems a lot better, even though it's actually not that much better. Like, yeah. passing one fight test doesn't feel like a hard ask for a Guardian. Yeah. And if it just defeated an enemy for an action, I don't know, that, that feels really good as well. I feel like mm-hmm. there's... <laughs> I feel like I should like it, having <laughs> reading the card, but I don't think I do. It's so weird because toe-to-toe is just what you've described. Mm. You get a fight that auto-succeeds. The, the payment is that you get hit mm-hmm. and it deals plus one damage. Mm-hmm. And toe-to-toe is a card lots of people like. I love it. I'll slot it if I can. I'm very happy to be hit for the guarantee of hitting back. What I like about toe-to-toe is there's no element of risk. Yeah. Whereas with Monster Slayer, 5 XP rather than 0 XP still a massive risk that you fail the test. Mm. And it feels like the risk isn't worth the reward. Whereas, isn't that fascinating? For toe-to-toe, I'll happily take the hit for the surefire hit back of two. You can obviously put vicious blows into toe-to-toe or stunning blow or whatever else you want to add. You know that they're going to land. If you're Daniela, you're going to do an extra damage. Or, or, you know, if you've got a guard dog, you're going to do an extra damage. That can easily become a four damage, maybe a five damage card testlessly. And it's zero XP, and Monster Slayer is five XP, and kind of the inverse. <laughs> you say that, but I did watch my friend pile all in and a bunch of other cards into the very first test of a game, and then pulled the auto failed symbol. That's five XP straight down the swanny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that illustrates this. That's that illustrates Monster Slayer. Your five yeah. XP. You want your five XP card to be impactful. But it, it that discounts the time when you just lightly slap a, a dancer or something and deal, like, do plus five damage and discard an enemy in a single action. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is, which is really cool. That's, that's great. I'd love for that to happen. It just, yeah. I think this is, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a very simple upgrade of action efficiency. It's like the maximum upgrade of action efficiency. Just one action, kill an enemy. I would be very, very keen, more than any of the other cards we've talked about, for people who have played with these a lot, who have experiences one way or the other of Monster Slayer to get in touch. Because mm-hmm. it's it, like you, Frank, I think it's a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. And I'd this love to Peter's learn. appeal. Yeah, Peter's please, appeal. Please talk to me Write about this in. Card. Tell, tell Peter your Monster Slayer experiences. Great. I, I nearly did a similar shout-out, so I'm glad you did. Finally, we have Lightning Gun. This is a 6 cost, 5 XP Guardian asset. Intellect and combat icons. Man, committing this for your intellect to pass that cheeky clue test. (laughs) Item, weapon, Sometimes, Frank, you have to commit a golden pocket watch. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. Also, why does this not have science? Item, weapon, firearm. Uh, Disgraceful. Uses 3 ammo. Action, spend 1 ammo, fight. You get plus 5 combat for this attack. 
This attack deals plus two damage to hands. So it's only slightly better than the Springfield, right? You could say it's worse than the Springfield. You're spending more resources, more mm. XP for yeah. plus two. Just an, uh, I mean, and that is a hat on the hat, plus two combat, when you've already got plus three on the Springfield. Were you really struggling to hit things with the Springfield, but now you can hit <laughs> with the Lightning With the plus five. I mean, admittedly, you were really struggling to hit any enemy engaged with you <laughs> the Springfield. The plus, I mean, I'm not complaining about it, but the plus five combat is, is wild on this card. Why mm-hmm. do you think there's such a high combat boost here? What, what's, what's the benefit of it being plus five over saying being plus three? You can't dodge lightning. You it's can't steam. dodge lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Dodge this. But, yeah, exactly. Do you Even think the biggest enemies are just like, the lightning zaps them. <laughs> Meant to combo with double or nothing. Yeah, which, which is a damage card. Yeah, yeah which, which, was, which, which, was the, which was the style at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're getting a huge boost, so yes, it doesn't matter how tough the enemy is. It doesn't matter if they're getting some kind of boost to how hard it is to hit them. It doesn't matter if the difficulty is doubled. You're still comfortably over the threshold with a nice plus five. I, th- I Genuinely, I think it's somewhat thematic mm. that it's about giving you that feeling of power you strange weapon, this lightning gun that's shooting bolts of lightning, the chance of it hitting is so high because you get this big boost. Mm-hmm. You're not too big, of, or you weren't too big a fan of this card sort of for the weird science theme. That's not something that gets you excited, is it? No, not as, not really. The thing is, I don't think I'd play any investigators that liked running this, but it's just a straight-up straight good gun. Plus five mm-hmm. combat for plus two damage is really nice. And if you've got a way of adding more ammo, mm-hmm. it's, it can be a real set piece in a deck. It can be, it's not a set piece, like a signature signature yeah. move in a deck. Get the lightning gun down, get your Ventura down to top him up. And yeah, you know, plus five combat, plus two damage, three damage a shot. Zap things. This to me is is one of the artifacts of, of Dunwich and going yeah. back and looking at Dunwich and looking at the context there are other weapons now that I think are much better than this. And at the like time, what? this, like the flamethrower, which is yes, plus four, plus good. four, or plus four, plus three, mm-hmm. has a condition attached to it, but it's one. So the flamethrower, you can only do that damage to enemies engaged with you. Yeah. But this Dunwich helps us with ga- getting enemies on us. You run taunt, and you can then just keep taunting and pulling enemies onto you and keep burning them with the flamethrower. It also costs fewer resources and comes with more ammo so the trade-off is really nice there with the, the flamethrower does yeah 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 costs five comes with four ammo each ammo is doing so for the four ammo you're doing four damage per hit yeah and so you potentially you're doing 16 around, and this you're doing nine so it you know it's a lot more damage and then the bar yeah. also does a similar fascinating thing where you can get a lot more ammo but then do very controlled shots. Mm. So mm. I'd, I'd say that both of those guns leave this behind. It's funny, rereading it, only dealing three damage a hit doesn't feel that good to me. <laughs> for six for a, cost. A six cost. Yeah. yeah. The six cost You're more paying than six the five for nine game. damage. Yeah. Because you can pay four for nine damage with the Springfield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and 45 automatic, you pay four for eight damage. Yeah. So this is pay six for nine. The ratio is is way off for me. The combat boost always left me puzzled. Like, why does it need a plus five? 
Would this be better if it was plus four combat, plus three damage? (laughs) It would be so much better, but it would never be that. (laughs) You might get plus two, plus three, but dealing plus... Well, but Flamethrower is plus four, plus three, so... Yeah. Flamethrower is is an incredibly strong weapon. I'm not surprised it's been tabooed. And incredibly fun as well. Like, it has a useful useful restriction on it. The other thing I'd mention about this is Slightning Gun, right? The sleight of hand lightning yeah. gun was a thing for a while, so that was bring it into play, using it for a turn, then it comes back to hand. As was as was the style at the time. I'll re- as return was the to style my, at the time. Yeah. my a Babe Simpson joke. Yeah, it, and it feels like there's potentially something lacking thematically as well. Mm. There's not something that makes it specific that you've hit someone with lightning, is there? Yeah, maybe like a plus it's one just... damage versus aerial enemies or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus one damage if the enemy is not earthed, yeah. grounded. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 still good, right? It's still just if you use it on a golf course. <laughs> yes, it is still good. Yeah, it is still really good. I think it's still to return to that newer player who's got Dunwich and seen this. I think definitely you should, if you can, when you're playing a guardian, first ten XP on the lightning gun as you know weapon one and two in your deck. Maybe we've prepared for the worst. And that next couple of XP on extra ammo and see how that goes, getting the lightning gun down and just that feeling of power as you obliterate pretty much any enemy yeah. is incredible fun. Yeah. With a vicious blow two, you're doing five damage in a shot. You don't care about the the plus two difficulty with vicious blow, as it were, because mm. you're getting plus five. plus five. Yeah. Super fun. That brings us to the end of this first look of the player cards of the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for players. It's not really a first look. It's been a long time. It's a, a relook, a revisit. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. But we wanted to to turn our thoughts back to that, mainly because we never did a first look of... We never did a first look of Blackjack, Taunt and Teamwork, Peter. Yeah, well, it. quite. I can't... Yeah. <laughs> so what's your feeling looking back at this set as a whole, as the Guardian cards as a whole? I was expecting there to be more signature Guardian cards that I run a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised to see how few they are. Prepared for the Worst and Stand Together are the ones that I think I've run the most. And Vicious Blow too. And yeah, there's some little odd ducks and, and strange things in here as well. There's a few things which, which feel like they hadn't quite ironed out what's good and what isn't. Mm. The Springfield mm-hmm. and Blackjack. And maybe if it bleeds kind of spring to mind as cards and keen eye obviously spring to mind as cards that have a solid concept but don't quite nail the power level you need yeah i think uh, maybe maybe we're being unfair on the springfield that there's been a lot of attempts to fix it i think Mm -hmm. in maybe it just needs the right character for it and because funnily enough we looked at snipe from edge of the earth and we which has a similar kind of effect on it. I can't remember, I can't remember what Snipe does. I do remember Snipe is spend it. an action to... Oh, that's right, yeah. Just something stupid. Just <laughs> 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 a bad card. Snipe cast when? Yeah. Um, no, no, no. It's treat skull, cultist, tablet, elder thing, and autofail as a zero. Oh, yeah, that's it. But it's an action to play it. Yeah. Right, this isn't, this isn't about that. That card is bad, but for totally different reasons. <laughs> but this, I think, yes, I, while I think there was a few cards that are, are, are 
a little bit wibbly in terms of power level. I think they could have mm-hmm. been tweaked a little bit. I think they all almost all have solid ideas behind them. And I think actually there are like taunt stand together prepared for the worst. Fisher's Blow mm. are all really, really solid cards. I mean, Taunt, I think you could have put in the core set and it'd be fine. Yeah. Fisher's Blow, Ditto. Prepared for the worst, I still run. It's it's a card I all, always look at when I look at a Guardian deck. And Vicious mm. Blow is always in my mind as a, as a on a path from upgrades when I'm building Guardians as well. The success of this pack is the broadening of what Guardian is. Mm. It's not about depth necessarily. With three new weapons, they're weapons that aren't, oh my goodness, these are all better than Machete. Actually, the opposite. They're weapons where you're like, okay, how do I make this work? This is taking me in a different direction. And that's good, I think, for a for a second expansion or first expansion to, to encourage different avenues of play and foster different parts of the identity of the faction rather than just saying, you like killing things? Kill things better. Well, we would love to hear from you. Have you just picked up the Dunwich Legacy, and you're trying to wrap your head around Guardian cards, let us know. We'd love to talk to you about that. Or maybe you're a listener who's been listening from the beginning and you haven't revisited Dunwich for ages. What jumps out to you? Peter, in particular, would like to hear about your Monster Slayer stories. So yes, you please. can write in. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, on Twitter, on Designed by Humans, and on Patreon. And if you become a patron, you can join us on our Discord and talk to Peter about your Monster Slayer stories and anything else you want to talk to us about. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United in most places. I'm United on Twitter and Discord and Reddit and Steam. And I am United on Instagram. So please say hello. How about you, Frank? I am on Twitter as FB. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. Please say hello too. Thanks for listening. Thank you. The, the top review um, yeah. says this card has a lot of advantages that get overlooked. First, you are going to see a lot more play out of those icons than the ones on Lightning Gun. Second, it really <laughs> takes the teeth out of a lot of treacheries. You'll start to see the likes of Crypt Chill as a blessing if they can take the Springfield away. Last but not least, <laughs> the ammo conservation of never being able to fire the gun puts Shotgun and the BAR to shame. Sadly, the two hand, <laughs> hand slots complete with the cookery, but with Bandelier, you can now take them both. Yeah. <laughs>